Good morning and welcome to Leading Off with True Blue LA. Uh, today is a Dodgers Rewind episode, and with me for that is Jacob Burtz. Jacob, how are you doing? What a glorious morning. Yes, on this insert date here. Um, <laughs> thing. No, uh, we have an idea when this is going up. But um, uh, So today uh, I was sort of scrolling through trying to figure out someone to do, and for some reason this name came to my mind, and it's Jeff Torborg. Um so he was sort of like the, the prototypical um, defense first backup catcher. I think more people today might know him from either broadcasting or possibly managing, depending on how old you are. Uh, but he played all 10 of his major league seasons in Southern California, seven with the Dodgers, three with the Angels, and obviously also managed. He, he, uh, my trivia for you, as, which we'll get to later, um, is uh, Torborg managed five teams in his career. As far as I can tell, <laughs> you can always already tell this trivia question's off to a great start. As far as I can tell, the record for most MLB teams managed is six by mm-hmm. four different people. Can you name them? <sighs> when so I, uh, you know, read a, a little ahead of this, I thought I just had to name some teams. I'm like, I can guess teams. I, I will. I will also as a. No, because I'm going to talk about his teams later. But before, I don't know if you, if you haven't <laughs> scrolled down. If you want to right now try to guess the teams Jeff Torborg managed, I will give you that as a as a bonus. No, no bonuses. You tell me more about him, and I'll, uh, I'll try <laughs> then, to think then, of baseball. And then you, I'll ask you to remember the teams as a quiz. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so Jeff Torborg in many ways is a cautionary, not a cautionary tale, but more of an instructive tale on how Sort of the draft is a is a cost cutter for owners uh, more than anything. Uh, Jeff Torborg signed with the Dodgers out of Rutgers uh, before the 1963 season, uh, a little more than like two years before the draft existed. Uh, so he only played one minor league season with Double A Albuquerque, and then he reached majors. So he got a hundred thousand dollar signing bonus, which meant if he was I don't remember what the exact cutoff is, but it was it was like made him a high bonus player or whatever. And if he wasn't on the big league roster in his second year, he'd be subject to be drafted. Uh, it's sort of like a Rule 5 draft, I think. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it was termed. But another team could just pick him up for $8,000. And, like, um, so the Dodgers in 1963 also signed a pitcher named Paul Speckenbach, who I had never heard of, and that was because he didn't reach uh, the majors. Uh, so they signed him for 70000 in that uh, same sort of offseason. He didn't make the club in 64, and then he was plucked by the Cardinals, and he only pitched one more year in Class A before his career was over. So it doesn't always work out, kids, but, like, that's that's sort of where we're at. But so you can sort of see the tide turning, right, with, with larger and larger bonuses. Um, I thought for the time this was a, an oddly progressive take uh, for, like, a sports writer in the 1960s, but Melvin Derslag, who's sort of legendary uh, in the L.A. Herald-Examiner, uh, he was there for... Uh, like over, like almost 40 years, maybe 30, or maybe over 30. Um, but the, he said, the changing economy is evident. The hungry player is giving way to those better fed, and the upshot is probably a higher quality, less neurotic individual in the sport. Now, obviously, the last line is a little bit of a rip, but like, um, I, I think the fact that he recognized that, like, 
players getting higher salaries wasn't necessarily a bad thing and like not not making them fight and scrap for every nickel was like a, you know a good thing um but so the rising bonuses help fuel um mlb imp implementing a draft uh, which has always been about lowering costs uh, for owners. So Rick Monday, 1965, um, was the first overall pick. He actually got a $100,000 bonus, the same that uh, a much less heralded Jeff Torborg got two, out, two years earlier as a, uh, a sort of free agent bonus. And to top it all off, that 100 k bonus in the draft wasn't reached again until 1975, 10 years later. Um, so that's wild. Um, but so... Back to Torborg for a second, because this isn't about the MLB draft. It's about Torborg. Um, so he was in spring training in uh, 1964, his rookie season. Uh, he was pretty highly regarded, I guess, uh, especially defensively. And uh, like people plus his bonus, like they knew he was going to be around. But this is one of the worst leads I've ever read. Like um, from This is from the Associated Press. It didn't have a name. Attached to it, and probably wisely so, because it's terrible. I'll just read it to you. Um, Jeff Torborg, rookie catcher with the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers, has a six-figure bonus and a sleek-figured wife, but neither the doe nor the doll has made it conceited, and that's not and that's his main fault. And then the article goes on to have, have, like Pete Reeser, one of the Dodgers coaches, they're they're trying to get him to be more arrogant, basically. Like, just a terrible, terrible, uh, the doe nor the doll really got me for some reason in that. <laughs> but, um, so he did make the team, but, like, he, he was, like, he played less often than Zach McKinstry. Um, he didn't play until the team's 25th game of the season. He caught the final inning of a 9-1 win. Uh, that was, like, basically his rookie season. He was almost like an apprentice. Um, this is from uh, Joe Hendrickson of the Pasadena Independent. Uh, describing Torborg's usual day at the ballpark that year, said uh, Torborg takes what swings he can get early in batting in batting drill each night. I thought that was a funny way to call batting <laughs> practice. It's like the the nine Mets. Um, then he warms up the starting pitcher. He sits in the dugout for the first four innings to study opposition hitters, usually edging up to some veteran Dodger who adds bits of information. Then Torborg finishes his evening in the bullpen. So at the time, the Dodgers were pretty set at catcher. John Roseboro was the starter. Uh, backup was Doug Camilli. Um, Torborg in the first 129 games of that season, he only played 11 games. He only batted nine times. One for eight with a hit by pitch. Uh, he caught a total of 17 innings. He finally got his start uh, his first start on August 30th in St. Louis. Um, by then, the Dodgers were sort of floundering. They were under 500. They were seventh place in a 10-team National League, 15 and a half games out. Uh, so, like, at that point, they sort of let him play a little bit. He started 12 games the rest of the year. Did okay. He was 10 for 43, nothing special. But, like, he finally got to play a little bit. After that, he sort of settled into a more firm backup role. Um, he averaged 42 starts the next six years. Uh, he topped out at 63 starts in 67. Most of that was behind Roseboro until he left. But um, Torborg with the Dodgers hit just 214, uh, 269, 277. With the Dodgers, that's only a 60 OPS plus, and for his career, he had a 57 OPS plus. Um, when I was looking up information on him, I think there was a 1972 season preview when he was with the Angels. Um, that they, they described his Torborg's bat or Torborg as having quote a feathery bat. Um, so he hit eight career homers in just over 1,500 plate appearances. That's but a he was really pleasant way to say that. It really is. It's it's nice. like not a rip. It, it's like it's more of a. It's a very highbrow description of, of like 
someone who's not a strong hitter. And I think yeah, it, it's a very not soft way to put it. Um, so, but he was well respected as a catcher enough to like, you know, catch for ten years, right? So like, uh, it's not it's not a knock on him. It's just that was his role. So Torborg caught three no hitters in his career. The first was Sandy Koufax's perfect game in 1965, which was only Torborg's second season. He was 23. Uh, again, from uh, Joe Hendrickson's, uh, again, in the Pasadena Independent. This is from his game story. Torborg said, I didn't do anything but catch the ball, but what a thrill. I only dropped one pitch, and that was a curve in the dirt. Otherwise, Sandy had command all of the time. Um, in 24 games in his career with Torborg behind the plate, 171 innings, Koufax had a two ERA on the dot. Um, that's the second best ERA for any Koufax catcher who caught him more than once. Uh, the aforementioned Doug Camilli caught him 29 games in 172 innings, and he had a 199 ERA, so basically the same. Um, the next no-hitter for Bill Singer was, or for uh, Jeff Torberg, was Bill Singer in 1970. That was also at Dodger Stadium. Then, with the Angels in 1973, he caught Nolan Ryan's first no-hitter, eight years after catching Koufax's fourth and final no-hitter. So the guys with the two most no-hitters, he's sort of, um, he's the, the link between them. Um, by catching the, the last of Koufax and the first of Nolan Ryan. So Ray Schalk has the MLB record for, by catching four no-hitters, but Torborg is one of only two uh, players to catch no-hitters in each league. Uh, Gus Triandos uh, also did this. Uh, this is from uh, Stan Grosshandler at uh, Sabre. He uh, pr- provided that fact. Um, with Torborg, after his playing days, he joined Cleveland as a bullpen coach in 1975. And then two years later, um, in the middle of the season, when Frank Robinson was fired as manager, Torborg took over. He managed uh, parts of three years in Cleveland. Then a, uh, after about a decade, he, he I think he was with the Yankees as a coach in between. Um, but then he, he managed the White Sox for three years. Now he actually won 94 and 87 games his last two years with Chicago. Those were his only winning seasons as a manager. But they didn't make the playoffs, and he was fired. Um he had about a year and a month with a, with a bad Mets uh, team. Finished out 2001 with the Expos, uh, with, or as Expos manager, 109 games, but didn't get brought back. He managed the Marlins in 2002, and then after a 16-22 and 22 start in 2003, he was fired. That Marlins team uh, went on to win the World Series under Jack McKeon. Um, so, yeah, um, my favorite fun fact, though, about Jeff Torborg's managing days was that <clears throat> he was on the good end of a no-hitter again on July 1st, 1990. It's probably my favorite no-hitter ever, even though it's not technically a no-hitter anymore, but it's the Andy Hawkins game. Um, Andy Hawkins on the Yankees, uh, eight innings, no hits, but he allowed four runs all in the eighth, all unearned. Uh, he walked five in the game, and um, all four runs came in the eighth on two horrific outfield errors, so... Bases loaded, two outs. Robin Ventura flew out to left. Now I was looking at I assumed it was like super windy that day. It really wasn't that windy. But Jim Leritz, a catcher, was playing left field. And it got like turned around. And then he just completely boffed it. Three runs scored <laughs> on the play. And then Jesse Barfield is actually a good outfielder. Good to great even. Uh, he made an error on the next play in right field on a just a completely botched catch that allowed um, Leritz to score. Or not Leritz. Um... Uh, Ventura to score so total hard luck no hitter and it didn't actually count as a no hitter but I just thought it was funny that Torborg was on the the winning end of that one too um, so in between the managing stints in New York and Montreal uh, Torborg did some color announcing for radio um, 
he also did TV work, but uh, the radio thing was most important. That uh, he worked alongside Ben Scully uh, in the World Series in from 1995 to 1997. So that's pretty cool. Um, now, before we get to the actual trivia answer, do you remember the five teams he managed? Nope. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> Cleveland, White Sox, Mets, Expos, Marlins. I live. I love to disappoint. All right. So back to the trivia. Um, uh, Jeff Torborg managed five teams. There's been four. Uh, there's been four. You keep putting pictures of a Borg uh, playing catcher, uh, and I don't like it. No, I do like it. It's funny. Um, so, what, there's four players or four people who manage six teams. Um, can you name them? No, I'm gonna try, but I, I feel like even for, for me, about, oh that that guy's managed a lot is like four teams <laughs> so yeah th- this was hard to find and i will say i i'm the answer to this i got off sporkle and I, oh. I did look up each person on baseball reference to like make sure but like it was very hard to find like total number of teams managed <laughs> as a I, what can you imagine if you submitted this for like a high school essay or something and it's source right. <laughs> sporkle <laughs> that's right uh okay uh i'm if i get too wrong i'm done i'm tapping sure. out uh joe tory Joe Torre managed five teams. Uh, um, Casey Stengel? I'm giving, I'm giving you partial credit for the five teamers, by the way. Um, no, Casey Stengel, I, uh, I don't have it in front of me, but for sure Dodgers, Yankees, Mets. I don't remember. I don't know who I think, else. I think maybe one more. I'll look that up. Yeah. Okay. Um, I remember. I looked. He was an answer on a trivia question, bar trivia question. I remember thinking, oh, he did more prior to the Yankees run than I was expected. Yeah. Um, four. Only uh, Dodgers, Braves, Yankees. Braves. Mets. There you go. Got it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, I, I I don't got it. I'm I'm excited to hear these hear right, these I, names. I, let me see if I can give you hints oh, for these. Man. Um, one of them uh, is a Hall of Fame hitter. Okay. Uh, in the from the twenties, and he was player manager for a, a number of his manager gigs. I I, I I would be throwing out too many names randomly. Okay, another was uh, the losing manager in the 1986 World Series. Uh, 86. Uh, Tigers won that one? Am I right? Or is that uh, no, the 84? That's the, 86 uh, Mets, is Red Sox. Mets. Uh, yeah, yeah, Tigers, Padres was 84. Yeah, I, 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 I got back there. Um, I was, you know, five months or whatever <laughs> six months when that's that, that happens sure. uh no I gotta, uh, I, i'm tapping out speaking of those speaking of those 84 padres the one of the six the six manager teams uh six team managers was um was their manager in 84 nope nope nothing dick williams was the 84 padres manager he managed the red sox a's angels expos padres and mariners um rogers hornsby was the universally yep. hated uh, <laughs> uh, player manager, but no, uh, uh, Cardinals, Giants, Boston Braves, Cubs, Browns, Reds. Um, John McNamara was the '86 Red Sox manager. He also managed the A's, the Padres, the Reds, the Angels, and the Indians, um, uh, or former Indians, Cleveland. Sorry. Um, and then the other manager who I couldn't think of a hint was because I don't really know much about him, but Jimmy Dykes. Um, White Sox, um, Philadelphia A's, <laughs> Reds, Tigers, and Cleveland. 
Wouldn't it be great if I that was just the first name out of my mouth? Just like I got yeah, this. <laughs> so I'll the other five teamers: um, Davy Johnson, Joe Torrey. Like we're, we're just sort of picking off Dodger guys. Yeah. Chuck Dressen, another <laughs> Dodger guy. Um, Jack McKeon, aforementioned. I, I had McKeon on my uh, on my list, but then, but then you're like, well, he only managed five. So yeah, no. well, exactly. Um, I knew that. So Billy Martin is another five teamer, but it's funny because he had one, two, three. He had five different stints with the Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> like he was fired four times by the Yankees and came back. Um, so he he's really he could be like an, uh, a niner there. Um, but uh, Lou Pinella is also a five. Mm. Uh, but Bucky Harris and Jim Riggleman are the other fives. Patsy sure. Donovan, who it was like eighteen hundreds and when he started, so he doesn't really count. Um, but yeah, that was, that was the tough one. Um, so yeah, uh, that's Jeff Torborg. Uh, I. What do you think? Uh, any any thoughts on Jeff Torborg at this point? No, I, uh, just in general, uh, especially now that these are their own little episode, I, I enjoy being on them. I enjoy learning. I learn a lot on these, even if I don't remember, you know, five minutes later what you just said. That's true. And uh, I did yeah, have so to find a transparent uh, catcher's mask to put on my little Star Trek Borg picture. It, it was, re- I mean, look, it was good work. We, yeah. we have fun on this podcast. Um yeah, that that's our uh, show for today. Um, I like uh, I like trying to find super um, random players, not necessarily random, but just like pe- folks that people don't know about. And Jeff Torborg, I think, qualifies, especially because if you only knew him as a manager or a broadcaster, and you know he was a catcher for ten years, so and a lot of that was with the Dodgers. So that's our show for today. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we will talk to you tomorrow. 